You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Welcome to Disability After Dark, the podcast feed shining a bright light on all things disability. With your host, Andrew Gerza. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve, the number one adult toy superstore. They reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark. We love your show. We love what you're doing. And we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes, I do. But what are my awesome listeners going to get? If I run ads for you, what are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to AdamEve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store, almost any one item in the store, for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie if you want for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag and you're ready to go, but guess what? This offer also includes 10 free items on top of that that other item so you get one free item for penis havers one free item for vulva havers one free item for couples and then you also get six free movies from the adameve.com website you can get your favorite porn or an educational film i love free movies they're so awesome this is such a great deal and then on top of that you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer. So to redeem this great offer, what you're gonna do is you're gonna go to adameve.com, you're gonna go to checkout, and you're gonna type in darkpod. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout, and you're gonna get one item, almost anything in the store, at 50% off, and then you're gonna get those 10 free gifts, absolutely free, as part of your offer. This is such a great deal, and this is just for you, Disability After Dark listeners, and I hope you run over to AdamEve.com and take advantage of it right now. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I want to let you know all about a good friend of mine and somebody who I think you should all get to know. If you are somebody who is looking for a companionship, a friendship, or romance, I want to let you know about my inclusive provider friend, Haley Jade. Haley Jade is a 30-year-old disabled bisexual offering online companionship for friends or romance. They have been published in Vice and HuffPost, and they specialize in working with disabled clients and are disabled themselves. Their online services start at $50 Canadian dollars and they can be found on Twitter at Sexy Life Coach, Instagram at Sexy Life Coach, and you can book them via their website, Haley Jade, that's H A Y L E Y J A D E dot C H, to book on their website. Just wanted to bring that to your attention. If you're looking for a fun, sexy, romantic companion who specializes in disabled clients, Haley Jade is the one for you. Book them now. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates 
their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark. I'm your disabled daddy, your disabled Dick Smith, your number one queer cripple, your disabled dreamboat. I'm Andrew Gerza. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled. And let's get this 200th show. Holy shit. 200 show started. I know I say this a lot on these episodes, but I cannot believe that we've made it this far. I cannot believe this show has gone this far. I cannot believe that some of you awesome people out there listening have agreed to sit down with me to talk about your experiences with sex and disability. And most importantly, I cannot believe that this show that I thought wouldn't impact anybody has made an impact on all of you. I receive emails and DMs and Twitter messages all the time from people letting me know how important this podcast is to them and what it's done for them and how it's given them community. And that just is just still so amazing because as I record this here right now on our 200th episode, I am sitting in my bedroom in Toronto, um, you know, and I I never think when I make an episode that it's going to go somewhere, that it's going to actually impact somebody, that it's going to mean something. And that's, super super powerful for me and it just it's just I am so grateful that I have this platform that I get to speak about this stuff that I get to share with you that you feel comfy and safe enough to share with me your feelings about sex and disability and you know especially those of you who maybe have never spoken about sex and disability before feel like it's okay to come on the show and talk about that and that means a lot I also love Talking and I've loved talking to the non-disabled people that I get to to talk about sex and disability with to get them to think about ableism in our sexual communities and what that means and that's really important too and I'm really really proud of this show and what it's done for the sex and disability landscape and I just can't thank you all enough for listening and that means the world to me that this show has done what it's done. It's been awarded in places like Los Angeles. It's been, you know, on a bunch of uh, best podcast lists over the years. I never expected it to go that way. I'm just a big dork with a, with a, I'm a disabled dork with a big dick who wanted to create something and see what would happen. And it's happened. It's, it's still not the biggest podcast out there. Who the fuck cares? It's a show that means something to some people. And that's, important to me and so thank you so much for having done all the listening the writing in when we've done minisodes the 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 letting me know you want to be a guest coming on to show the episodes of quarantine and chill we've done uh, for the pandemic all the things you've done to keep this show alive and to be on the official 200th thursday edition of this show is I cannot believe it. It's just amazing that this show has gone on that long. And I am really, really hopeful that we'll get to hit another 200 episodes because I love what I do. And look, if Dan Savage can have a Savage Love cast for 10 years, this sh- this show can go on for, for 10 more years and 200 more episodes. I am going to strive to do that. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. So thank you all for sticking with me and doing that. Um, But let me tell you what I want to do on the show today. It's going to be a special one that I'm excited about. For episode 200, I thought it would be really fun to go back and listen to the very first episode of this program, the very, very first one that I ever produced, and kind of talk about how I produced the show, critique what I said, make some funny kind of like humorous quips about what I said and kind of kind of give you some insight into how the very first episode 
came to came to be and what I was doing upon recording that and just kind of just kind of bringing you back to the very first episode of the show, the genesis of this beginning, I guess, and just kind of laughing at myself about how silly I was because I know I said some pretty silly shit. I know I sounded way too professional and way too uptight when I was recording. And I want to I want to laugh at myself and give you a little treat in my in my in this episode and just kind of say, "Hey, Andrew was trying way too hard to make this like the super important podcast, which it became anyway, but I wasn't relaxed and I want to share that with you. Um I want to share the first episode. And also, if you're a new listener and you've only listened to a few episodes, now you get to go back with me and hear my crippled commentary, if you will, about this episode. So let's do that together. What I've done is I've, I've had I've had it broken up into three five-minute segments, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play the first segment and then talk about it. And then I'm going to play the second segment and then talk about it. And then I'm going to play the last segment and then talk about it. And that'll be the episode for today. But I hope that it gives you some insight into my process. And I'm also going to talk about how I've grown a bit since recording this episode and how the show's changed. And uh, yeah, that's what the episode's going to be today. So let's let's rewind and dive back into the very first episode of Disability After Dark. Hey, this is Disability After Dark, the podcast that shines a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The opinions, language, and discussion expressed in Disability After Dark may be explicit. Listener discretion advised. My name's Andrew Gerza and I will be your scintillating sexy host as we light up the conversation on sex and disability like never before, right here on Disability After Dark. Do you want to keep the conversation lit around sex and disability? Want to spark a conversation about something you heard on the show? Feel like shining some light on an issue that I haven't even thought of? You can do all that and get the inside scoop on what happens in my brain after dark by following me on Twitter at Andrew Gerza. That's A-N-D-R-E-W-G-U-R-Z-A. And be sure to use the hashtag DisabilityAfterDark all over your social media so we can shine light on sex and disability together. Well, hello there. On this very first episode of Disability After Dark, I wanted to take a few minutes and introduce myself. I want to let you know who I am, share with you some of my story, and let you know why I think sex and disability is so very important. I'm never really quite sure how to start these intro things on podcasts and how to introduce myself. I could run the list for you of my professional achievements and the work that I've done as a disability awareness consultant, which I will get into at some point. I could run down some of the other things that I've done and and tell you the writings that I've done and who I've written for and all that stuff, but I thought it was more important, seeing as we're going to be spending a lot of time together on this podcast going really deep into sex and disability, to tell you a little bit about me, my personal story, and who I am. My full name is Andrew Alexander Sean Morrison Gerza. I'm 32 years old. I live with cerebral palsy. I live in downtown Toronto. I'm also a wheelchair user. I am also queer and disabled. My favorite color happens to be blue. I love talking about penis. I love talking about candy too. I also love romantic comedies. And I like it when a guy licks my earlobes. I also like it when a guy licks my asshole. Other things you should know about me. I have a really weird sense of humor. I love to laugh. I love to play. And I think... Discussing sex and disability is really, 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 really important. I love the topic of sex and disability so much because we never really get to talk about it as openly and as honestly as we should. It's something we still tend to shy away from. We're scared to talk about it. We're fucking terrified to mention the words sexuality and disability in the same sentence. For some reason, that's like the biggest, largest, scariest fucking taboo we have out there today is to have sex and also be disabled. Shocker. It's just terrifying. We should go run under the covers and hide away. 
And that's kind of why this podcast is so, so important. Because I want to shed light on the issues that affect people with disabilities and their sexuality. And I want to give people a chance to have these conversations, to light up conversations, spark up conversations, set conversations ablaze around sex and disability. Really put the fire under our bums to have this discussion openly and honestly. So you may be wondering, why did I call it Disability After Dark? What was the reasoning behind that title for this podcast? Let me explain. Sex and disability is considered one of the most taboo things to talk about. We're kept in the dark when it comes to these issues around sex and sexuality. No one's really talking about it. So, right there, the name sells itself. Disability after dark. But also, there's a misconception that people with disabilities don't have nightlives. They don't party. They don't have fun. They don't have friends. They don't fuck. There's all these misconceptions around sex and disability and sexuality and the expressions of sexuality when it comes to disability. So I wanted to play with the idea of taboo, and I wanted to play with the idea of when we have sex and how we have sex. And usually when anybody has sex, we have it in the dark. We have it in the cover of darkness and, and the, the fun and playfulness of that. So I wanted to play with that idea and really play with the idea of taboo, play with the idea of darkness, play with the idea of wrongness around disability, play with all of that, and come up with something really cool. And then as I was thinking about it, I was going to name it Doing Disability Differently, Doing Me Differently. I was going to name it Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Sex and Disability But Were Afraid to Ask show. I had so many different iterations of this show in my mind and what I wanted it to be. But when Disability After Dark hit, I was beyond excited. And I just thought, this clicks. This will work. This speaks to disability on so many different levels, and I have to run with it. So I did, and that's where the name came from. And here we are. Wow, that first episode, upon recording that, I have a lot of things I want to say about those first five minutes. I was so nervous when I hit record, and just to give you an idea of how I was recording that first episode, I was sitting in my room, much like I am right now, but I didn't have a professional mic like I'm talking to you on right now. I had my Apple iPhone headphone jacks and a little script that I had written out for myself. When I recorded that, it was September 2016, and I had been obsessed with Sarah Koenig's uh, serial podcast, I was obsessed, and I was like, I want to make it like that, I want to make it groundbreaking and professional, I, I was listening to a lot of NPR when I was recording that first episode, and I wanted it to be, everything I knew about podcasting was that it couldn't be funny, couldn't be hilarious, couldn't be giggly, you couldn't laugh, had to be super profesh, and I felt like I wanted to give sex and disability in the podcast space some weight and I wanted I remember sitting down and writing the the first episode out with a bunch of bullet points and rewriting it and trying to make it so professional but then weirdly enough upon the recording as you hear me say I tell you what my <laughs> what my favorite color is I tell you my full name I tell you that I'm in Toronto but then I also tell you that I like when somebody licks my earlobes and then I immediately tell you <laughs> that I like it when somebody licks my asshole too. I'm not quite sure if a serious podcast like Serial would have the host tell you they like their asshole licked. I also think when I said that, I was trying to tap into the shock and awe, and I was like, this is a sex podcast. This is solely a sex podcast. I have to make it really sexy and raw and real, and I need people to pay attention to me, so I, ha I had to tap into a little, bit, a little bit of that shock and awe that I, I sometimes use to get people to pay attention to what I'm talking about. But I found it really funny that I said, I said, I like, I really like candy. And I like it when somebody licks my, when a guy licks my earlobes. And then when a guy licks my asshole. What a weird transition. Also, I realized in that first five minutes, I never told you what candy I enjoyed. I never said what candy I liked? Well, if you've been listening since day one and you were like, gee, I wonder what candy Andrew liked, 
let me tell you right now, my favorite candy of all time ever is a Reese's Pieces peanut butter cup. It's literally, I could eat those all day long. I could eat those all day long. They're my favorite. I also liked in that five minutes where I talk about how, um, you know, why I called it Disability After Dark and what it meant to talk about sex and disability as, you know, disabled people not having a nightlife and disabled people not going out and all those things. It's kind of evolved since then, though, and the Disability After Dark shines a light on the things around disability that we don't talk about, the things in the disabled experience that need more discussion and exposition and and that need more of a place. So I'm, re- I'm really proud and hopeful that in the next 200 episodes we can do more of that, where it isn't just a sex podcast anymore. And as you've seen so far in the first 200 full episodes that we've done um, and non-bonus episodes that we've done, it has become so much more than just a sex and disability podcast. But I felt upon this first recording that I had a responsibility to make it a sex podcast because a sex and disability podcast specifically because nobody else was really had really put sex and disability in the forefront in the podcast realm yet. And I felt a huge weight on myself to to do that. And that's why I say and you'll hear me say in the next clip that I talk about, I say sex and disability a bunch more times because I felt it was really necessary to hammer home the point that we were going to be explicit and disabled in this podcast. That's why. I also, I don't know how I feel about the name, the Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Sex and Disability podcast, but we're afraid to ask. I thought when I was coming up with names for the podcast, I thought that that was so clever, but looking back on it, Disability After Dark has a better ring to it. And I've thought about changing the name to like the Andrew Gerzo podcast over the years or something like that. But Disability After Dark has held on true for me and has been a really important name that gets people to sit up and take notice. So I'm, I'm really proud of that. And it's not going to change anytime soon because I'm really, really proud of what the conversations we've had, we've been able to, to do together with that name, Disability After Dark. It's opened up so much more of a conversation than just about sex. But uh, let's get on to clip number two. All right, let's get into it right now. Just before we get into clip number two, I realized upon listening to to that episode, I, uh, I did all the ads myself. So when I talk about, when I do that thing where I was like, oh, do you wanna shine a light on something I never thought of? I didn't have a sponsor. I had nobody. I was just trying to make these silly little ads so that people would pay attention to the program and and notice me. And I just remember sitting there thinking up ways to talk about light. And because it was called Disability After Dark, I was like, well, we're shining a light on things. So when I say, like, do you want to keep things, keep the conversation lit? Do you want to, like, shine things ablaze? I just thought it was funny how many... Um, how long I sat at my computer and like typed in synonyms for blaze, light, uh, fire. Um, what else did I want to, you know, keep things, keep things bright. Just a lot of really funny synonyms for like, for like light and, and fire and brightness because I was like, it has to. It all has to be branded and all has to connect and it's all, it all has to go that way. And of course that's fallen to the wayside now, but I was really, really concerned with brand consistency at that point. And I, I didn't realize yet that podcasting is as much about like relaxing with the host versus like a rigid narrative. And so it's, it's hopefully become much more relaxed than, than this very, very first recording. But I just thought my insistence on doing ads about brightness and light was really kind of funny because I don't do that anymore. Okay, but now let's listen to the second clip together.
One of the things that I also wanted to play with with the title while I'm thinking about it, I also like the idea that when we talk about darkness, we think deep, dark, dreary, scary. So I want to I wanna shed light on the fact that sex and disability is a little bit scary, and that's okay. We can, we can play with that. But also I want to talk about sex and disability. I want to go deeper into disability than ever before. So this program will mainly focus on sex. That's my goal, is to illuminate the mythologies and the issues around sex and disability that we, that we all have, but I also want to talk about some of the emotional stuff and some of the ways that sex and disability affect people with disabilities and those without. I want it to be a show that is, that really, 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 truly goes deeper into sex and disability than ever before. That really taps into how disability and sexuality feels for everyone involved. I want to talk about kind of the emotions. I want to talk about the aftershocks, the pre-sex, all the things that we never really discover, but people with disabilities are forced to confront more often than not because they can't simply be spontaneous all the time. They have to sometimes plan everything. They have There has to be big discussions. And there's a lot of emotions that get wrapped up within that that I think we need to uncover and shine a light on. And that's what I aim to do. So while I want to get into the emotional stuff too, I also think it's important that we talk about how playful sex and disability can be and how fun sex and disability can be. And we look at all that stuff. We look at the realities and the the fun parts of it too and how it can it actually brings a lot of joy into your life to be disabled and trying to engage in sex or be a person engaging in sex with a disabled person. There's so many other facets that we don't really explore. We always look at the tough stuff, which we'll get into, of course. But I think the fun stuff is important, too. It's fun. I mean, that's why when you looked at this podcast, you noticed that I am in my wheelchair. But you also noticed that I'm a unicorn. And I chose the unicorn because I felt that the unicorn was a mythical creature, a beautiful creature, a legendary creature. So I wanted to kind of play with the idea that sex and disability is legendary and mythical and fun and kind of... People don't seem to think it exists, which is why I think the unicorn uh, was a really good representation of that for this podcast. All right, so if you've listened in this far and you're like, all right, he makes some good points. He wants to talk about sex and disability. That's all well and good. But you're also wondering, who the fuck is this chump and why is he telling us about sex and disability? What is his deal? Who is he? And does he have any right to talk about this stuff? Does he have any experience on which to draw from? Does he have anything of value, really and truly, to tell us? Well, let me start from the beginning. I did not go to school for psychology, psychiatry. I did not formally study the art of sex. I did not write a paper on it. I didn't do any of that for school. I did, however, spend 10 years studying disability and the law, which, as you can see, has done me so well because I'm now choosing to work in sex. I do, however, have the lived experience of a person with disabilities. As I said at the top, I'm a wheelchair user, so I use a wheelchair to get around. I live with cerebral palsy every day, so I know what it is to live with a disability every single day of my life, and I know what that feels like, and I know the experiences that come from that. So am I an expert? By no means. I don't call myself that. I never consider myself one because I think those titles are, they are, they elevate me above somebody else and that's not the, that's not the point of this experience, nor is it the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is to bring us together in discussions of sex and disability and make it something that is a little bit less dark, a little bit less deep, a little bit less scary, a little bit less taboo and a little bit more real and a little bit more fun. And so by calling myself an expert and lording that over you guys, That's not going to bring anybody into this. That's not going to make you want to listen to this. What I want to do and what I've always strived to do in this work is that I've wanted to bring the experience of disability to you. I've worked four years on my own now as a freelance disability awareness consultant. And I can go into that story a bit. Let me do that, actually. Let me tell you all about where I started and why I think I, I can talk about sex and disability. (laughs) Wow. In 
part two, I found even more things that I wanted to cringe about. And I found even like just funnier, silly things that I did. For the first two minutes, I say how I want to go deeper into sex and disability. And I want to have deeper conversations. And I'm kicking myself for never having made a joke about how deep I want to go with things. And why I didn't say like, I want to go deep into disability with you. Yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like, why didn't I make a silly deep dick disabled joke? Why didn't I do that? I should have definitely done that. And I just was trying so hard to be so serious. And so, and trying to make all my points and make it sound really good and make it sound like you would care about it. And then I say how I want to go deeper. And then at the end of that five-minute clip, you hear me say, let's not make it so deep. Let's make it fun and sexy. And the whole time, I am not being fun or sexy in that clip. I'm being so serious and so rigid. And I'm not, it isn't even really a fun, sexy clip. It's me saying, we're going to have fun. It's going to be fun. We're going to have fun. You will listen to this podcast and you will have fun. That's what I'm saying. But it didn't sound fun or sexy or provocative when I was recording it. It sounded super serious, and I think that's where I struggled in the first couple of episodes. I was trying so hard to be to build a name, and I didn't relax, and that kind of made it. That kind of made the first couple recordings of the show they were they were fucking torture because I didn't relax. I wasn't enjoying myself in any way upon recording the episodes. So now I've learned to relax a little bit and just be myself. But I didn't in that first episode. I was trying to be this persona, this Andrew Gerza version of myself that I wasn't. And at, <coughs> excuse me, as the show has gone on for the last almost four years, wow, almost four years, holy goodness, um, I hope that you've seen me kind of come out of my shell a little bit and be more myself and be more honest with you, the, the listening audience, about who I am. Um, I just think it's funny that I was saying, oh, it's going to be such a fun, light, sexy podcast, and I wasn't even doing that. I wasn't even playing with you, the listener, to make you want to listen. And so really, truly, thank you for sticking out that much. And, and, you know, then I go into my kind of my, my background a little bit to give you context of who I am. But that's not even really that fun. It's kind of boring and bland and blah. And I should have been like, I wish I had been I had been faster with the puns. And I wish I had a, had used like, hey, I'm Andrew, I'm the disabled dicksmith back then. And I wish I'd used it in the first episode because it would have shown you a little bit more of my personality versus me trying to talk about sex in this very clinical, serious like, we're going to talk about sex and disability, but it's going to be so serious and so weighty and so real. And, and I mean, it has been that over the last four years, but I hope it's given you some laughs and I hope I've made you giggle and I hope I've been funny and I hope you listen and you, like, I've had people write in over the last four years and said I was listening to your episode and I chortled myself and, and that's what I want to hear, but in this first episode, there's no way you could have known that. And it just was so rigid. And I wish that I had had more examples of like a funny podcast and a funny persona that I could have drawn from rather than relying on like NPR hosts to give me the comedy. Because that's what I was basing this whole first episode persona on was seeing what the really famous podcasters did. And the only famous podcaster I knew at the time was from NPR. So I didn't realize that I could be relaxed. And like now I'm just a big goof with, you know, a gimpy smile. And I'm, I'm hopefully kind of funny. But back then I was so concerned with my image and how it would be portrayed by the disabled community if I made a joke that could have been deemed offensive and could have been deemed unfunny. And, you know... I've skirted the line on this show, and I've 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 maybe sometimes crossed the line on this show, um, and I I own up to that when I do. But I try really hard to be playful now and be fun and be a joker and talk about my you know big dick crip and all those things that I am. 
but it's this first episode and hearing me say how fun it's going to be and then not having any fun with you was kind of was kind of weird and i was just so concerned with what everyone would think on this first outing that i didn't let myself relax and i'm glad that i can relax now and you can get to know this big goofy gimpy dork that i am inside so uh thanks for sticking out with me for that long and let's uh let's go to the final clip So I introduced you a bit to who Andrew was and kind of my likes and dislikes and all that stuff at the beginning. Let me kind of introduce you to Andrew's foray into sex. I've always been a bit of a sexual person. I've always been fascinated by the idea of sex and intimacy. And so when I was, when I went away to school and when I turned 18, 19, I wanted more than anything to have sex. That was my, I wanted to just fit in and have sex. And what I realized when I was trying to engage in these conversations and trying to engage in this reality was that nobody really wanted to talk about sex and disability the way that I wanted to talk about it. Nobody really wanted to engage in it. So throughout school, I kind of had these ideas in my head about how I wanted to talk about disability and queerness and how I wanted to talk about all these things. And I wanted to, I was sharing all these ideas kind of with my friends within university and and sharing these ideas kind of just with people that I knew, but nothing was really coming to fruition because I was like, well, I have to do disability in the law and I need, I need to find a good job and blah, blah, blah. And then cut to about four years ago, about a year since I had been out of school, I decided that I I was sitting at home one day at my computer, at this very computer that I'm doing the podcast from right now, and I was depressed as fuck. I was really unhappy and I was looking for something to do and I had no job and I've been looking for nine to fives my whole, for a month and a half, two months, three months, I was looking for nine to fives and I couldn't find any work. My disability was getting in the way of finding jobs that I could actually do. And I was like, well, this is fucking ridiculous. I'm not going to ever find work. And so I started going on websites to look for sex and dudes and that kind of stuff. And so as I was doing that, I was like, I'm going to just send off an email to one of these websites, asking them if they have ever had somebody with a disability talk about their experiences being queer. And I wrote one of these websites, and they, they, I said, have you, have you ever had anybody tell their story about being queer and disabled? And they said, well, oh my God, we haven't never had that. We'd love to talk to you. I, of course, jumped at the chance to do that. And so they said, can we come to your house and, like, and, and photograph you? For, for one of our spreads as one of our as one of our men of the month for our magazine and I thought well that's great sure so I immediately jumped at that chance I said sure I did it and they asked me what I wanted to be described as and I I had no title and I kind of just did it and did their thing and then I realized very quickly that people wanted to hear the story as soon as that story broke and kind of got on social media and got out there Everybody was like, oh my god, this is, there's this disabled guy. And it went all over um, Toronto and Ontario. People knew who I was. And it slowly started to catch on fire. And so I realized that telling this story was what I wanted to do. Telling my story of being a sexual being with a disability and also being queer was something that I really wanted to embrace. And so kind of without having any, any knowledge of what I was doing... I took a little bit of the knowledge that I learned from my university days studying disability and I took some of that stuff and I molded it into kind of the work I do and I went on I went on a card a business card printing site and I branded myself a disability awareness consultant not even knowing what those words were kind of throwing them together I didn't want to talk about access I didn't want to talk about I didn't want to brand myself an accessibility consultant because everybody who is anybody who works in disability has met and dealt with an accessibility consultant and typically all they ever talk about is well physical accessibility into spaces that was not what I wanted to look at I was more focused and more concerned with the emotionalities of disability and sexuality and how sex and disability affected somebody emotionally And I wanted to make people aware of the emotionalities 
around disability. Obviously, you can tell that the word emotionality is my favorite word of the day. So, you get 10 points if you can count how many times I've said it in the past five minutes. Anyway, I wanted to let people know that there was an emotionality, ding, 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 around sex and disability. And so, disability awareness consultant seemed like the best because it didn't seem like I was... I didn't want to refer to myself as an activist, didn't want to refer to myself as an advocate, because both of those words sounded too kind of preachy for me, and I wanted to do something that would bring people in. So I simply started branding myself as a disability awareness consultant, again, having no idea what those words meant. And I started going out there and asking to tell my story. And really, it wasn't as structured as it is now, and I didn't really know what I was doing. And I just went to community groups, and I went to podcasts, and I went to magazines, and I went to, I went on the Twitter sphere, and I went everywhere, and I started saying, I have a story that I want to tell. My story. Can I talk to you about it? Again, having no clue how any of this would go together, and what any of this would come to for me, I simply went out there. And so, by that token, I'm no expert in the field. I have no idea. I haven't read all the books. I haven't talked the talk, none of that. But I have lived the experience of somebody with a disability trying to access my own sexuality and my own sex. And I want to share in this podcast, I guess, some of the things I've learned, some of the things I'm still learning, some of the funny moments I've had, some of the heartbreaking moments that I've had, all the stuff that's underneath the topic of sex and disability. When we talk about sex and disability, typically it's so... Well, sex and disability is taboo, but people with disabilities deserve sex, and they should have it. And then we're done. That's pretty much as far as we go. We don't look at it in, in we don't tend to look at it any further than that. That's what I want to do. My goal is to go so deep, so deep and so hard into the conversation of sex and disability that we've uncovered all of it. We've shone light everywhere. That it's completely illuminated. That it's lit up. That we've lit up the conversation around sex and disability. That's my goal. And I, I want to use what I know to bring that story forward. But again, I'm a storyteller. All I want to do is share stories. And I want people without disabilities to come forward and share their stories and their fears around sex and disability. And I want to illuminate misconceptions and reconfigure things and change things all around and make it truly an experience that we can all be a part of. I want sex and disability to be something we can all talk about in whatever way we, we want to so that it gets out there in the public eye and it gets it it begins to be something that is way way less mystified than it is right now so the podcast is going to be fun it's going to be dirty it's going to be inappropriate it's going to be real it's going to be honest and it's going to go deep into the discussion of sex and disability and it's going to light up the conversation around sex and disability which I'm so excited and excited and proud to do. That's really about it for me for this very first episode. Don't worry, I'm already working on the next couple episodes, but I wanted to just let you know who I am and introduce you to the concept. Whether it's a flashlight, a pitchfork, a lantern, your iPhone, let's shine a bright light on sex and disability together right here on Disability After Dark. See you next time, guys. Bye. Uh, okay, where should I even start with that last clip? Why I felt the need to use the word emotionality seven times right there and then make a joke about how I was going to keep using the word? I don't know. I felt like emotionality was a really cool way for me to be like, look, I have an education, which I have come to realize is super classist and... You know, me posturing about all the all the all of the cool stuff I've done is not the point. Was not ever meant to be the point of the show. But I was again so worried about my image as a disabled person. I think that I, I think that I was just trying to be cool and say cool words to make people pay attention to what I was trying to say, which was like, "Yo, folks, I want to talk about sex and disability. Can we chat about that?" And I that's why I just felt like using the word emotionality was like. <laughs> really cool and I, I say in that clip like it's my favorite word of the day I don't think I've used that word since I recorded that podcast four years ago I don't think I've heard anybody ever in my life 
casually used the word emotionality ever. So I don't know why it was so important to me to put that word there. I think I was just trying to be like, look at me. I know words, which is super classist and also kind of ableist, Andrew. From four years ago, maybe you don't do that again. Um, I also find it funny that I was talking about how I didn't want to talk about access and how I didn't want to talk about those things. And so much of my work has been exploring access and what accessibility means and why it's important and why it's necessary. And so for me to say, oh no, I only want to talk about sex. Well, that's not true. It has become a discussion of access and has become a discussion of accessibility. And what I really enjoy about this discussion is that it's a discussion of how does access feel? What is accessibility? What is that feeling for you? What is inaccessibility a feeling for you as a disabled person? Why are those feelings important? And so for me to very much say, I don't want to do access, and to almost belittle the people who are working on, who are working as accessibility consultants, is was wrong. And I'm going to say right now, I'm sorry that I said that. I just listened back to the clip and I was like, wow, Andrew, you're a little shitbag because the people working on the, the access paved the way for you to do what you're doing right now, you shitbag. So I retract what I said there. I definitely want to talk to people who are doing things about access and who are talking about accessibility. They are, they are key to what I do right now. And I want to say quite openly, thank you for doing what you do. Thank you. Because without you, I couldn't do what I do. So... I'm sorry that I said that about access accessibility consultants. They're amazing, they're great, and they're important, and I shouldn't have belittled them. I'm going to say that right now. One of the things I will say that's held true from that first recording is that I love also talking to non-disabled people about sex and disability and getting them to explore that with me. And as you've seen through this through these episodes, in episodes like 134 and 151 and, you know, some recent ones that I've done where I've done the what would happen to you if you became disabled tomorrow. I love those episodes because it gets people to think about sex and disability in a way that they haven't before. And it's a really important thought experiment. And I, I still love doing that. I also love episodes where people who are non-disabled come and ask me questions that maybe we in the disabled community have heard millions of times, but they want a genuine answer to. I think those episodes are some of my favorites too because it gets them comfortable, non-disabled people comfortable in a place where they can giggle with me and laugh about this stuff and not be so scared to ask real questions to get them to dismantle their ableism. That to me is, is still at the core of what I do and the more and more I do this work, the more and more I pivot to wanting to use my experience as a disabled person to guide someone who is not yet disabled and, and how to give them a glimpse of disability in a way that doesn't shame them for not understanding everything. Because I think that's how we, how we confront ableism is to guide somebody and if they continue to be ableist dickwads, then we can have a discussion. But I still think guiding non-disabled people through discussions of ableism and all that stuff is really important. Um, what else did I say in that clip? I also really, I, I still want to go deeper into sex and disability than ever before, and that's what I hope to do in the next 200 episodes. And I do like that I made a brief quip about Going deeper and harder. Yeah, that's true. I still like, I still want to go deep. I want to go deep and hard into discussions of sex and disability. And I want to be playful and weird and wacky and fun. But I also love having done episodes that have nothing to do with sex and focus solely on disability. I love the episode that I did on the history of the word cripple. I love the episodes that I've done about uh, quarantine and chill. I've, I love 
just having conversations with people. And that's what this show has become for me. It's become so much more than just a little sex podcast. It's something that I can give back to all communities, but particularly the disabled community and say, look, this is a podcast for you and about your experience, but also is available and readily available for everyone else too. Um, I love and cherish this show so much. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to be a guest in our next 200 episodes, you can email me at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at It's Andrew Gerza or on Instagram too at It's Andrew Gerza. Um, you can write in for Minnesota. You can tell me. You know what I'd love, actually? Since it's episode 200, all of you listening right now, I'd love for you to write in to the email and just tell me kind of what the show means to you. Write me a letter and I'll read it on the air on a special 200th episode edition Minnesota type thing that I'll put in at some point. But I'd love to hear from you why the show means anything to you and why you listen and what you've learned and what you've disagreed with and that kind of stuff. I'd love to hear from you. So if you want to do that, email us again, disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. I hope you enjoyed this little throwback episode of Disability After Dark for our 200th episode. And like I said in the very first clip, don't worry, I'm working on a bunch of episodes right now. Thanks for listening to episode 200. We'll be back soon. Thanks. Bye. All right, friends. This has been another edition of Disability After Dark, the podcast feed shining a bright light on all things disability. I'm, of course, your number one queer cripple and your disabled Dick Smith host, Andrew Gerza. If you like what you heard today and you want to follow my work and find out more about what I do, you can head over to www.andrewgerza.com or you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at It's Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow the podcast directly, you can head over to Twitter and punch in DisAftDarkPod and follow us there. If you want to contact the show with a show idea, a guest idea, a comment, or a complaint, you can head over to your email and email us at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening to this latest edition of Disability After Dark, and we'll be here to shine a bright light on more things really soon. Thanks, everybody. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations. Music was by Music by Space Robot Scientists. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music recordings, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright Notice 2020